I'm Chris Cooper. Have you ever been called a slave trader on social media? I have. And here's the worst part. The business coach who did it probably got what he wanted from it. And that was attention. Does negative marketing work? I'm going to tell you that sometimes it does. But first, I'm going to tell you what negative marketing is, why some people use it, and why I think business coaches should stay away from it in the long term. Hey, entrepreneurs, are you working hard but barely seeing any growth? And if you do see growth, is it taking way longer than you would like? If you feel like no matter how hard you work, you always hit a ceiling when you're trying to scale, business is good is going to help you break through fast. I'm your host, Chris Cooper. I've been able to grow a 200-word daily blog into a $20 million worldwide business. I've actually done it, and I'm sharing my personal stories and details of how you can too. The key was to use simple models to grow fast and then teaching those models to others to help them scale too. On this show, I'm going to share those exact models with you. So let's dive in. Let's start off with the slave trader story. A new business coach on the scene in the gym space wanted to make a name for themselves. And so what they would do is they would post all these videos, especially on Instagram, of them talking about TwoBrain and then saying that we were wrong about everything. And so they did a bunch of ridiculous stuff, including using the slave trader hashtag. Now, I would never do that. You would never do that. You'd be embarrassed to do that. But this person did it, and they did get a lot of eyes on their stuff. Negative marketing is when you attack the category leader to try and draw attention to your own material. And if you attack a big enough target, you will find that they have some people in their midst who doubt them. They might even have people who love to hate them, and you will attract those people. And so there is a valid marketing play or a valid business growth strategy in just simply being the alternative. I saw this a lot when I was working for CrossFit 10 years ago. The the big uh, people who attacked CrossFit, they didn't really make much of a splash. The competition, the threat really came from within. What you would find are these subject matter experts in nutrition or gymnastics or uh, weightlifting, and they would go off and they would start their own brand, and they would be very critical of the CrossFit platform that basically fed them their audience. And some of them made a living for a few years at least simply being critical of CrossFit. And people would pay attention to them because they were critical of CrossFit. And they wrote books that were critical of CrossFit and did YouTube videos. And they built their entire company being not CrossFit, being the alternative. Obviously, there's a problem with that. The problem is that you are always dependent on the big company growing to provide you with enough haters to feed your company. Ultimately, your growth will be limited if you are branding yourself as not that. You can't build your own brand by tearing another brand down. And if you piggyback onto the brand by simply saying, we're better than CrossFit, as soon as you run out of people who don't know what CrossFit is, you run out of potential clients for your own business. I'll give you a great start here about another example. So um, there are lots of examples of, of attack dogs getting attention, but one in particular really stuck out to me. 
We started off Two Brain Business in 2016, but I was coaching gym owners as early as 2012 under different brands. And there was a brand in existence at that point, and they were by far and away the category leader. They had the most gyms of any in our space. They probably had maybe two or even 300 gyms at the time when we started up. And they did not like that we were getting momentum. And so what they would do is they would write blog posts about us that were negative attack posts. And they'd have these like thousand word rambling blog posts. And they would link to an article that I published for free in an attempt to help gym owners. And they would say, that's not true. You can't do it like that. You have to do this. He's wrong. And they would link to the original article that they were criticizing. Well, you can probably guess what happened next. My readership swelled. Of course, this other company had lots of fans who just wanted to see what they were talking about, but they also had some people in their midst who weren't quite convinced. And when they read the stuff that I was publishing, they thought, that makes more sense to me. And so they became my clients. And while I'm never saying that you should hide your feelings or your thoughts, criticizing somebody else only directs attention at them. And if you are the category leader, the thing that they want from you is attention. You will lift them up to your level in the eyes of your audience by saying, these are people that are worth my time to worry about. People will believe that they are your equal if you write negative things about them. And so in some cases, bigger companies than mine have helped me grow by attacking what I have said. Super important to understand. The truth is that negative marketing can get you a little bit of a jump start. It's a valid business tactic to just attack the leader in your category. And, and you can give it a name to make you feel better, like I'm disrupting this or whatever. But in the long run, you can't build your business by tearing them down. You impose a ceiling effect on your brand if your, your brand is being not them. You'll always be limited to being a fraction of that other guy and you will never ever surpass them. Your success, in other words, will actually depend on their success because your growth will depend on their growth. If you are relying on being the alternative or the not them, then you require them to get bigger for you to find more people who agree with you. So here's the topic that I want to I want to give you. Uh, it's really like, being your own self. Instead of being not them or saying, don't do that, you need to be bold enough to say, I have my own ideas and I'm going to share them. So early on in my blogging career, I was writing this blog called don'tbuyads.com. And I was, I had been going for about a year and a half and somebody commented on the blog and they said, Chris, thanks for this. It's valuable, but you only tell us what not to do. Like, don't read that book. It's a waste of time. Don't run this marketing campaign. You'll just get high churn. Uh, don't charge low rates. You know, why don't you tell us what we actually should do? And I thought about it and I said, wow, this guy's right. And then I realized I didn't know what to do. I was lazy, but it was for a reason. I was just saying what not to do because I didn't actually know what Jim should do. And I was scared to actually give advice because I knew that I'd be judged on that advice. An early mentor of mine, Mel Siffs, told me, as soon as you plant a flag, people will start shooting. And I was scared of being shot at. I didn't want to share my own ideas because maybe somebody would find fault with them. Maybe they would be right. Or maybe I would just look foolish. 
But the reality is that until you're sharing your own thoughts, your own experiences, and your own opinions, your growth will always be limited by the other people in your category. You'll always be playing a game of catch up. When you start expressing your own opinion, you're going to be attacked. When you plant a flag, people will start shooting, but you need to do it anyway because your opinion, your experience, your ideas are enough to help one other person. And if your ideas and experiences and opinions can help one other person, then it is no longer your opportunity to share them. It is your responsibility. You need to publish things that will help other people who are going through what you did or to help them avoid the pain that you went through yourself. And so here's one thing that I want you to do. I want you to teach one thing that you believe that not everybody else in your niche does. For example, let's say that you believe in the accounting principle profit first, but all of the other accountants don't like it. You should produce a piece of content explaining why you love profit first, an accounting method, and why you believe it's right for clients. You can do this on video. You can write a blog post. You can do a podcast like I'm doing here, but you need to express why you think this is good for clients, why your clients should do it. You don't need to say everybody should do this or you're dumb if you don't do this. You don't need to attack anybody who doesn't like profit first, but you need to express your opinion so that people can gain a foothold and trust you as a mentor and coach because you have something to say instead of somebody else just to tear down. Will negative marketing work? In the short term, it might, but it'll impose a very low ceiling on your business long-term. If you really want to succeed and scale long-term, you have to have your own ideas, your own thoughts, and teach those to help your audience. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I had a great time recording this episode for you, and I hope that you took away a model that you can use today. Hopefully, you got a lot of valuable takeaways that will inspire you to take action and see new results in your business. Don't forget to take 30 seconds to subscribe, rate, and review the show. That's the best way to show your support and help us get the word out. And if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me at businessisgood.com.